And I think part of the journey is learning how to be comfortable with this uncomfortableness and just like learning to dance with it and learning to journey with it and learning to be, oh, okay, familiar with this, Mm -hmm. but also not so familiar that you get so uncomfortable with the ugliness of the past. Right. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Welcome back to Live the Width of Your Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you're notified each time a new episode drops. And I'm so excited for today's conversation. My guest is Lynn Min, and Lynn is a licensed in mental health counseling. She's certified in CBT, IFS, EFT, RTT, hypnotherapy, breathwork, energy healing, chakra alignment, and sound healing. She combines all of these modalities from brain-based psychology, laws of the universe, energetics, spirituality, the power of breath and movement, and plant medicine. And she journeys with people in divine therapy, a process where we radically presence our humanity to boldly embody divinity. Her promise to every single person sitting in front of her is you make sense. She helps people make sense out of themselves through inner justice work, whereby reconciling the stories of the past, present emotions, and dreams for the future, all of the pieces of yourself can belong in profound self-love. You are your own healer, and you are the drug. You are the one that you've been waiting for. We talked about... So many things. There was, this conversation is so juicy. We talked about plant medicine. We talked about the subconscious mind versus the conscious mind. Talked a little bit about the dualities of different roles and identities that we take on during a lifetime and how there is room for all of them. Lynn's journey, like many of ours, was not a linear line. And she's still on that journey. And I learned so much, not just about her, but just so much about myself during this conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Take a listen. Lynn, I am so grateful and so excited to have you with me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's so interesting for those that are probably listening to the podcast, they don't get the benefit of the conversations before, but you and I just did this grounding, centering, aligning exercise. And I just feel like so connected right now to you. Yeah. What was that? Right. (laughs) Yes. Just dropping into intention. And so I love that. And I'm so grateful that, that you were there for that with me. And so for those that don't know you, I'm going to ask you a question that's a little bit different than what I typically ask. And it's probably a little different than what we normally are asked if we're networking or if we're meeting someone for the first time. But without talking about your credentials or what you do, who do you say that you are? 
underneath all of those identities that we claim during our lifetime. Wow. Wow. What an opening question. Who do I say? No credentials. Can I mention roles? Sure. Yeah. Anything that feels true to you, to your authentic self. Particularly this week, I'm like really owning this. I'm a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) How so? (laughs) It's funny that you asked this question because I've always felt I'm this, but I'm really not. I never feel this is what I am. Yeah. I love people. I love connection. I am a huge empath and I do believe I am connected to people before me and after me. There's parts of me that like exist outside the timelines and I happen to be a mom and I have kids, I feel like in this lifetime and in other realms. Yeah. And I love musical expression. I love the body. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I'm learning about it. I'm humbled by it. I'm sustained by it. (laughs) And I'm just fascinated in this work that we do as human beings in this Mm -hmm. human journey. And I think part of this is like figuring out for myself and then helping others do the same, like how to put together all the paradoxes in us. Mm-hmm. Like I'm human. I'm so human, but oh my God, have you met my goddess? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I am a mother, but oh girl in bed. Oh, you know, or yeah. I could be that ratchet person and the holy pastor I love dance. I love movement, Mm -hmm. Uh, particularly in this season of my life. What comes naturally to me and has unleashed a lot of these energies has been sensual bachata and something about moving energy centers in Mm -hmm. a physical way, like shaking it up. Um, Something about the relationship between the soma, like flesh, and then the pasuke, the soul. The invisible and the seen and the threshold where it becomes visible. And some people call it manifestation. Some people call it, I don't know, religion. Some people call it gaining weight. (laughs) Yeah. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed about this opposite ends coming together, all it being one. And yeah. So who am I? Who knows? It's like so constantly evolving. Yeah. For now, this is who I am. I'm this like weird person that really doesn't fit in anywhere, but I fit in everywhere. That makes sense. I love that. Don't fit in anywhere and don't fit everywhere. Only because I think we feel that way when we don't necessarily fit into the boxes that society has created. We check boxes all the time on applications, pick one, or maybe you could pick two. And you, and especially as I look at all of the things that you do in this world, the roles that you play, the certifications that you have, the things beyond what you just stated, right? That maybe more people are comfortable in understanding. 
you have done so much, you have evolved, you have brought all of these tools, these modalities into your toolbox, into what you're able to use, to share, to help with others. And so I love to talk about the dualities. It's like what curiosity or maybe what pull brought you to start exploring these different modalities or because I mean, I know we just shared in the intro all of the different titles that you have, but you're a licensed mental health counselor and you're a speaker and you're a pastor and you call yourself a witch and a breathwork facilitator and energy healer, et cetera. There's so many different things that you are able to use and to help for people's healing journey. So what was your journey that sort of brought you into the space where you were able to get curious about all that is available and possible? You know, Annetta, first of all, I love you. Like, thing <laughs> is just, when we were grounding together, I was like, I'm so grateful for this human. And then I felt this heart open. And as we were like, let's just be channels together. And I was like, what is this fucking feeling? <laughs> but thank you for being so aligned with spirit and making room yeah. for magic. Yeah. Because I think the timing of this conversation, at least for me, I, I don't even have words for it yet. Mm. Because it's doing something, it's doing something. I can feel it. Yeah, me too. You know? I feel the tug at my heart right now, and like tears are welling yeah. up. It's so yeah. interesting, like, right? Right. Why am I crying? <laughs> and I wish I can tell you that I approached all of these with curiosities, and but so. I think the gist of it, it has to be packaged in a story. I was born to a, a Christian family and my dad was a pastor and we immigrated. He came here first. So I didn't really grow up with a dad. It was like a picture and it was a man of God. And mm. when I was six, I got to see him for the first time, at least with like consciousness that like, oh, this dude is my dad. Fast forward, of course, like firstborn to an immigrant family and being the empath and being the child that I am and the human that I am, I became the caretaker. And so everything in church, I have a sister and a brother that's way younger, seven and 10. So I became the matriarch, even of my own family, of my own mother. She kind of just collapsed and mm -hmm. she was like a happy, but also very fragile mother never really like real guidance. She just kind of, uh, everything you can do whatever you put your mind to, which was like fuel to this mm -hmm. little fire in me. And so I grew up with this pacing and this like, I'm going to achieve. And so that was my academic path. And I said to myself, I'm just going to make a lot of money because mm -hmm. how else is my parents going to survive? They're these like naive, seemingly naive, helpless people. My dad was like the model of extreme work, 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 right? Yeah. And that's all he did in real life and in secret too, because it was not okay for pastors to have good, any other jobs because it would be mm -hmm. like hungry. Right. So like talk about distortions of money and all of that. But my first major was in business school, marketing mm -hmm. and management of music, music industries. Like Never touched any of that until I realized, oh my gosh, the whole world is marketing. 
yeah. marking me, showing me to the world what I say, how do I connect with people, and then beyond the subconscious, right? And so that started to really pique my attention. And one of my youth group, my pastors that I was a part of, she says, you need help. <laughs> so you need help. Like, <laughs> and that was like so humbling. I was like, I'm that bad? But I obeyed because that's what good Christians girls do. And that was really what pushed me. It wasn't really a curiosity. I mean, I was always curious, but my survival was always like money, 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 because mom and dad always needed. And so here I am getting this counseling and I'm like, I love this stuff. (laughs) Why don't they do this at church? And soon I realized that the church institution was not made for that kind of work, Mm -hmm. that kind of depth. And so I took some extra courses and switched over my major and got my counseling license. And by then I was still that good Christian girl, got married by 22 because you know you can't be having sex and not be married. Like I didn't make a yeah. decision. And again, it was this fire, like, like do the right thing. And so, yeah, I got pregnant and had a beautiful baby boy at 28 weeks that was born dead. <gasps> Oh my gosh. And that, again, it wasn't a curiosity. It was like, I sang about this death and resurrection. But Annette, at 24, I just remember being, I didn't even have a place to be like, fuck you, God. Mm. I was too scared. I wasn't allowed. And so I did this thing called counseling. And so for years, I thought I was okay because I was able to talk about it and not cry. And so the work of healing and the work of bringing people to God, I was always a pastor because my dad was a pastor. And then pastor's kids are always kind of like to do everything. And so I had a youth group. And when that happened, I was serving a youth group and it was like, Pastor Lynn, Pastor Lynn. And I was just like trying to, you know, and so I do what I can to make peace and like put myself together. And I thought I was doing a good job. And I I was with what I knew and with my baby 24-year-old self trying to put together a marriage. And I was, I I did the best I can. And now I look back and I'm like, good job. Yeah. You pulled it in together. You paid the bills. You showed up to every pulpit and every client in the best way that you can. But inside the exterior, what was happening was my then husband, he grieved in a way where he just like Mm. closed in. And that was like the last of him, I feel like, that I ever really connected with. And then since then, it became, how do I do the right thing and carry along another human? Yeah. And then I graduated. I went into seminary because I think it was an undoing. It was like I came out of a Christian counseling school and I was like, God, if you're real, I need to know what the hell just happened. And so I'm going to study you because that's how we know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's what led me to seminary, even kicking and screaming, being I'm never going to be like dad because dad never made solid provision for us. And with all the feelings of like, hurt and insecurity and all the money relationships not yet surfaced up, 
It was like, I love Todd. I love God. And I love my family. And just like trying my best. Mm -hmm. So I graduate seminary. And since then, that was like, I think 2012, I still haven't been ordained because the way people have colored the role of pastor to be, I don't fully fit or agree in. Yeah. So I did the whole pastor thing. I was the pastor of like one of the most open, gayest, oldest churches in America. And I realized no matter where I go, it's not even the Korean American context that I blamed. It's just humans. Yeah. Institutionalism. So I just took myself out of organized religion and looked for ways where I can just heal and rest and that's when I looked at my life and I had three beautiful kids. I had another one and another boy and another oops baby. I call her like mm. the best of my life. Right. <laughs> and then I looked at my then husband and I said, you can't just be babysitting. I need you to find your own passion and I can't be the only one pulling in money. Yeah. Like, something's got to change. But of course something's got to change. I can't just be like, something's got to change. Yeah. And when I realized that, yeah, I said, I can't just sit here and be like, something's got to change. What are you going to do about it, Lynn? How about you that allows this, that enables this? How about your role in, in this? And I was like, I, I don't want it. This is so tiring. Mm. And so mm. that was the next breakthrough. If you don't make a move, we're separating mm. and separated. And I moved back into my parents' house. And if you don't make a move, this is going to be a divorce. And so we divorced. Wow. And it was a, a lot of shame and a lot of, how am I going to do three kids? How am I doing this mother and father role? Yeah. I was still kind of pastoring and like doing pulpit supply, preaching here and there, doing retreats, public speaking when I could. But my main bread and butter was counseling. And by then I had a mental health license and I was just trying to figure it out. And what was real, I think at that time was I just couldn't have anybody tell me what to do. Like institutionalism. Yeah. I was like allergic to it, sniff out the dysfunctionality. And what really bothered me was that people don't do their work. Mm -hmm. People on the top, people on the bottom, and it's just so much ickiness in projection and like blaming and, mm -hmm. and this whole professionalism, write an email and make it sound professional when really it's like blah, 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 blah. And even that, <laughs> it's, and it could be the authentic feeling, but it's not clean. It's not people that take a hundred percent responsibility for their arising and I just realized I can't fight systems. So I went out and did pr private practice. And I met this guy. Actually, I feel like I attracted this guy. And he was the complete opposite. And he didn't care that I was a pastor. He didn't care that I wanted to save the world or that I had three kids or all my accolades. And that was so refreshing. And at the time, that was exactly what I needed. And so quarantine hits and my <laughs> business is wildly successful. 
to a point where I'm getting really stressed out. So I go get a license because that's what started to really fill my soul with just dance and yoga. I was on my way to get my yoga license, the certification, and then quarantine hits. And so I couldn't even teach. I didn't even do anything with my Zumba license because like all the gyms closed. And so that was a moment where I was, okay, what am I doing with my life? And my private practice still kind of boomed. It took off. Yeah. And so my I dabbled with like Facebook ads and this and that. And what am I really trying to do? I created a course called Pieces to Peace from Internal Family Systems with this visual of we are the church and I have a lot of congregation members inside different yeah. ages, different kinds of people. And they can't seem to do, like they can't all seem to sit down for a meal for communion. Hmm. They freaking hate each other. They have different goals. <laughs> they have different yeah. ideas of what it would look like to protect me and what's best for me. And I realized that I can't do the work of anything, of any justice, unless inner justice comes to being. So that was my reconciliation come to Jesus moment of like, oh my God, if I don't know how to pastor these little ones, I can't do anything. Yeah. It's so interesting as I hear your story, because it sounds like when you were younger, you were part of these institutions and working within the confines and the rules and the processes and the establishments. And you even said you thought that you were okay when you could talk about your loss without crying. And then as you shared, when you finally said, this isn't working for me, that's when it's interesting. You brought in movement. You talked about Zumba, about yoga, about integration, about really connecting. And so talk about how you feel like breaking free of some of those institutions that were such a large part of your life allowed you to grow and really connect to yourself and maybe even to God in a way that wasn't possible before or was limited. Oh, good. So I think it's that duality of structure and freedom and the masculine structure and the feminine flow. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I had the blueprint, but I didn't, right? I didn't even know that Mm -hmm. there was a structure. I didn't know religion and institutionalism was a structure Mm -hmm. that I belonged to. And I didn't know that these rules or even family um, was a structure that, Annette, if you follow my story, I came out of family. My parents who ended up having a, a bankruptcy, I supported them because I did have a successful business. Yeah. And then they ended up wanting the authority to their house back. Mm. And I you can't do that because this is my life force and money that I put in. And yeah. actually, it wasn't that clean, right? Yeah. And it was, I want this. I want this. And it, I was a little girl that said, okay, 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 I'll make it work. And there was this one ask. They asked for this like hugely big ask of a luxury car. And I said, I think that's ridiculous, but I'll try. The banks denied it because they had bankruptcy in their name. Right. And when I said, I can't, and they said, I knew it, you're never going to give it to us. And they sued me. (gasps) Your parents did? Yeah. So talk about coming out of system. And I think this is really important because it wasn't like, oh, I had this realization that this is a system. And here I go, freedom. Marriage is a system. One man, one woman, 
this is the way, sexually exclusive. Those are all systematic, I don't know, just like programming the way women should be, what I should wear, what holy is and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Those are systems and systems can be buildings and institutions, but systems are also things that are inside our minds and ego runs by them. Yeah. And so I think what happens when the ego is so helpful, so cute, so great, (laughs) but also don't be led by it. And I think that's the thing. Led by the flow is very different than led by the structures of what I know to be true. Mm -hmm. And so it's so scary. And I've never come to these moments knowing that this is the next thing. Yeah. Five years ago, I would have never said, I'm going to be divorced with pink hair or whatever this <laughs> color. Like, no, this is not what I asked. This is not what I even knew how to ask for. Mm-hmm. And so that's the growth that like, oh my goodness, this is what I thought the growth was going to be. And now it looks like something t- like totally different. Yeah. And there's grief in that because there's a little part of me that's like, ah, what have you done? You stepped out too big. Oh, Yes. You're not even Christian anymore. Mm. This is why I'm like, I don't know. Are you a Christian pastor? Ah, depends on who's asking. Right. Right? Yeah. I was going to ask you that because I was thinking about how when we have these life experiences and we start to step out into new realms and we open ourselves up and we're listening and you're more divinely, at least in my experience, more divinely guided when you step out of what people tell you is possible or what the systems or structures are. And at the same time, sometimes like you, I found myself in places where I'm like, how did I get here? This feels uncomfortable. Did I get here too fast? Wait, what do I want to do? And I start to contract a little bit. So have you felt any of those contractions in your journey where you're like, wow, I'm elevating, I'm ascending, new things are happening, I'm opening up. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, wait, wait, what? Is this okay? Is this safe? Like that's- One moment. (laughs) Right? You know, we have a shared mentor, right? Sam Skelly. Yes, yes. And like, she talks about like being both feet planted and like both of that, right? Yes. Acknowledging. And again, even this, I know that, I know that. And even in my relationship, I'm like, I love this man. Mm -hmm. He's like, he has liberated me in so many ways. And I think part of the ways that I am so quirky and weird, remember I told you like, I am a weirdo and I'm really like learning to embrace that. But like huge part of that was like his unconditional love. Like, I don't care. I genuinely don't care. But there's also this like, Unsupport because everything that I did build my life with, mm-hmm. how dare you not care about that? Right. And there's the two cents of truth of no, but you do, you should care about something bigger than you. You should care about spirit. You should have that relationship. So there is that right. like, two cents of that's not what I want that is wrapped up in the package of liberating unconditional love, right? Yeah. And even just in my relationship, navigating this, what the hell does this like look like? 
-hmm. What does commitment look like? What does engagement look like? I'm engaged to this guy, but what does that even look like? Because I'll tell you what, marriage doesn't look like marriage for me. I've been there, done that. I don't know if that means, babe, I know that for the rest of my life, I will only have sex with you. Because what else is a marriage, right? You can have businesses with anybody else. You can have different gendered, like, I guess, besties. Yeah. But when it comes to the clear thing of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of these paradigms of this is what it should be, I have, I don't know if I've navigated it with great season flow. I feel I've been pushed out, pulled out. It just wasn't working. And if anything, I would say the one thing that navigated that was from me is this honesty with myself. Like, Lynn, is this working for you? How does this sit with your system? With the inward, there are times when people would preach about death, and I'm like, if that's what God is, I feel grossed out. Hmm. And so I am not going to be ordained in this right now. Yeah. Just not right now until it feels. And so I didn't know that that was me being cued in with my body and somatic cues. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But that was the guidance. That was the spirit. And I think part of the journey is learning how to be comfortable with this uncomfortableness right? and yeah. just like learning to dance with it and learning to journey with it and learning to be, oh, okay, familiar with this. But also not so familiar that you get so uncomfortable with the ugliness of the past. Right. And then create it. So even the discomfort is new. And I think it's okay. I think that that's part of what I'm discovering too is just because I thought I had something figured out intellectually with my thinking mind, when something new presents itself that feels somatically so true to me, but maybe is counter to what I thought before, it's okay. That doesn't mean that I'm learning to trust the feeling and to trust what my intuition, my inner guidance, my downloads are telling me, even if they conflict with a thought or a decision or something that I thought was true in the past. Does that make sense? Do you ever find yourself there? And I feel the more that I do that and allow myself to go, that's really interesting. Let me reevaluate this and not put myself in these boxes or feeling I have to do something a certain way. I feel that has just been part of the unraveling and the journey as well. So Mm -hmm. do you feel in your own journey that you are starting to more easily let go of things that you thought were truths before because it doesn't ring true Hmm. somatically or Mm -hmm. in your spirit. It's like this contradiction sometimes between our thinking mind and what we are feeling within the body and learning to trust that inner knowing is actually the one that we should be guided by. Yeah. I do feel a less grippiness of Mm. this has to be truth. Right. But I do feel it's not a, so like everything is truth. This is truth. That's not it. Right. As my roots towards what I believe in goes deeper, then I can sway more like a bamboo. Yeah. I can encompass and then I can grow taller. Mm. But it's because there is one truth and I don't even think words would do it justice. Right that's constantly recalibrating and constantly deepening. 
And I feel I've done this like, I'm going to go so right because that that's right that I yeah. come out left. Yeah. Right? And yes. right. <laughs> and so coming to understand that, shoot, what visual came to mind when you were asking me this question? And it might be a little like too raw, but when our human anatomy, when the vagina is giving birth, is it left? Is it right? It's just like this opening and it's yeah. this expansion and so much that it just becomes this like portal and, and the portals are round and there is no up or down, even what was up and it's yeah. just and that's what I feel. And if I went so right and so left that I meet myself back and it's just this spiral, mm-hmm. is that not true? Like of the DNA, of the very essence of how matter is structured from the invisible, it starts to spiral. Yeah. And so I do believe that there's some truth that is manifested and materialized in that. Yeah, it could be left, it could be right, but that all of us within us have this spiral of becoming. Yeah. And so now I'm coming back and I took sound healing because my first love was music mm-hmm. and I went dancing and I loved movement. So I was bringing in, now I'm going to be taking somatic coaching again in a new way with Sam and, uh, there's other breath work. I mean, we've been breathing and I used to make fun of breath. I was like, people pay to learn how to breathe. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like, like, what? But I mean, but I gave myself to it once I understood how powerful it was. Yes. Right? And then I connects back to, oh, but hello, Ruach, that's breath, that's spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, duh. Right. And Numa, like soul and breath. It's like, he it takes me back to my biblical roots. It takes me yeah. back to my, the further I go. And alchemy and chakra healing, and I took all that, and my mentor was, you know, have you ever considered being a witch? And I said, no. <laughs> right. She goes, because you have all the prerequisites. And I was like, what would that even mean? And she goes, you would look into working with crystals more and elements more and learn how to basically consecrate things and put spells over and one of the things that you talk about is, is do things to not hurt people, but only to help. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was, oh, so instead of praying for people, you cast spells on them. This is bringing me back to being a pastor. Yeah. So instead of anointing oil, you're going to teach me how to make oil from earth, right? Instead of Father God, it's Mother Earth. Right. All right, I'm down. I'm down. Mm-hmm. And Again, it was so humbling to be the further I reached, I'm right back at my roots. And it's that spiral of becoming like, yeah, here I am. I'm right back. And it's that openness to not judge the experiences or the words or that maybe were preconceived, but instead exploring it and seeing it with new eyes and when we're ready. Because if you heard the word, which maybe three years ago, you would have been like, wait a second, I know what I think I know what that means and I'm going to say no and I'm going to run away versus exploring to say that you're ask your question, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? What are the tenets of this? How could that be helpful? How could I help other people with this and what I'm learning? And I know one of the things that I've seen you talk about is plant medicine. And so tell me about your experience with plant medicine. Did you first participate 
with someone else? Did someone else guide you through your own experience? And then how are you leveraging plant medicine either for yourself or with others? Yeah. So I was straight and narrow. So I didn't touch anything until when I was breaking out and like all my Christian yeah. friends was just like not helping. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think I was like 33. And then in the thick of quarantine, one of my closest friends, who's an elder at the, mm -hmm. the place that I used to work at, and she was one of the most devout religious people that I know. And she said, Lynn, I need you to sit down and like, listen to me. There's this thing that I found. And it's a gateway drug to God. So I'm like, mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it's like 10 years of therapy in one shot. And I was, you just mentioned both my professions being done better. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, that's what I'm about. So I'm like, okay, let's try it. Because I knew her. Yeah. So I started with the deep end. I went deep diving with ayahuasca, Mother Aya. And that's when my grief came out. Well, the first day I, mm. I urged, I mean, not even nicely. It was not cute. It's not possible to be addicted to ayahuasca in the sense of you don't do this for fun. No, like, oh, I love, like, it's like, right? And yeah. then it, it brings you to the places that your ego has been protecting you from. And so- yeah, ego deaths. Talk about ego deaths. I felt my ego was in a little glass jar, like, yeah, don't do that. Don't feel it. Don't do it. But I'm like, I can't yeah. help it. Like, I can't control it. Mm -hmm. And so the root word of psychedelics, pasuke delia, pasuke soul delia manifestation. It manifests the stuff that's hidden mm -hmm. away by our nice and neat, civilized cultures. And the second day, what happened was the grief of my boy came out. Mm. I was like, don't do that. Don't, don't shake like that. And it yeah. was like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my God, there I go. I'm possessed. I'm in the deep end. I knew I shouldn't have come. Yeah. And here it was. The like, resistance. Yeah. The duality of the thoughts. Oh, I hate this. What the hell is going on? And then like the fear and like, I'm so sorry. I was hitting people next to me. I was the bad one that like these poor shamans and they, they took my mattress out and took me outside so I can ground. Wow. Stars. Yeah. Because having an experience. I mean, something took me. I was angry at God. Mm. I And that experience. So let me tell you, my womb talked back to me. It's like, I am your womb that you never trusted. And then there were angels and you didn't trust your life force, sweetie. You didn't trust your. Yeah. And then coming back, having lost, like literally lost weight, the heaviness. And then six hours of, I felt like electric shocks. And then these beautiful angels in human flesh would come and serenade me with sound and oil Aww. and literally consecrated me and put me on the path to being a sound healer and, and working with oils. And why do I do that? Because I've experienced it. And just when I was, this is it, God, I don't know who you are anymore. Because if this isn't God, and I, I don't know how to put it together with the God of my past and God of Abraham, and the heavens opened up, like literally, the God of Abraham. I had a discussion with that God. Wow. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> and then the band, the live band started playing Amazing Grace. I know, right? And then again, like just, I mean, 
ripped open, torn to pieces, and then put back together. And then I didn't tell me, like, my mind is still grappling from that. Mm-hmm. And then I went back again and again. And 12 times later, I thought, I cannot just sit and do, like, talk therapy for 50 minutes. Yeah. Because that's what I realized. In my civilized, put-together life, this would not have never had the opportunity to come out. And so since then, I've been working with plant medicine, got my uh, certification so I could do it legally as much as I can. Right now, what's legalized is ketamine. It's not plant, but mm-hmm. it does help. And so I studied it and I, I did that for people who are resistant to anything illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I do with people who are open and trusting and who feel called. I really do feel like the, the medicine calls. Mm-hmm. They're ready. And so, yeah, I journey with them. I do a one-day retreat because that openness, like Mm -hmm. let's create that openness. Like I love the way you said it. Here's the two questions, but then it's room for magic. That's right. That's right. I am so grateful for you sharing just all of the journey because I always say our life is not like this linear line. We're not supposed to stay on this one path and then that's it. And just being open to the nudges, to the miracles, to the blessings, to the doors that open and shut. I just think that the more we are open to that, the more we come back, as you said, to ourselves and who we're supposed to be and discovering our truth and why we're here. And I'm just so grateful that you are part of my circle, my community, my soul sister, Lynn. And I want to ask you a final question, which is what does it mean to you to live the width of your life? Mm, I just got goosebumps. I think to me, that means live it fully. Continue to expand, not just to one dimensional, but like continue to expand expand the dimensions. There's infinite dimensions you and depths of that too. Um, So for me, it's that Jesus invitation. I've come to give life, life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that you may live, live, Mm -hmm. really live. It also just means not doing the things that you thought you knew or that it was this way and opening up to that. And that literally means that whenever the fear comes up or the suspicion comes up, have a play date with that one. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And if for folks who want to work with you, who want to follow you, how can we best support you? Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram at soul matters, LLC. Yeah. Because the matters of the soul matter mm. literally become the material our body and the life that we manifest. So that's where you can find me. You can DM me there, (laughs) lynnmin.com. It's always like under construction because (laughs) I'm always evolving. (laughs) (laughs) But it is up, lynnmin.com and miss.lynnmin at gmail.com. Yeah, just reach out. I love it. Thank you for... You, you are such a gift, Lynn. I just really enjoyed our conversation. I could talk to you for days and I think we would just never get to the end of it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you so much. Have an amazing day. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired to finally take courageous action on a personal or professional goal that has been on your heart for some time, then follow this podcast because every week we'll have intimate, authentic conversations with guests who have redefined success, created healthy new habits to support optimal health, and finally release the stories and limiting beliefs that kept them stuck in a life they didn't love. If you want to start or grow deeper in your own transformation journey, then I am happy to answer questions on a one-on-one 30-minute transformation strategy call at no cost to you. Head on to my website to book your slot today, and I will see you next time.